Can Greg Schiano get things to the way they were in 2006 at Rutgers? I think he's the only man for the job. Today, we dive into Rutgers football. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten. I'm Craig Scheman. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network right here. Your team every day. All right, we're going to take a close look at the Rutgers football program. Kind of mired in mediocrity and struggling as of late. We'll find out which direction they're going. Also, I will give you an honest game-by-game analysis of the upcoming football season. And we'll figure out how many wins this football team is going to get this year. Plus, our benchmark of the day, the Big Ten Network's Big Ten Classics. A great weekend coming up. Great things to watch. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Big Ten for free wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it becomes available each and every day. Going to start you off with a fun fact here. Now, if you are a Rutgers football fan, you already know this. Many of you don't. Did you know that Rutgers played in the first ever intercollegiate college football game they beat princeton six to four in a barn burner back in 1869 that's right lots of history here best season in all that history gotta be 2006 they were 11 and 2 they were ranked 12 got their first bowl win now they were in the big east then not the big 10 and i'm gonna kind of come back to that in just a little bit but that season they started out nine and oh and they beat, uh, beat third-ranked uh, Louisville at the time, and the BCS had them ranked as high as sixth in the country back then. Well, Greg Schiano was their football coach back then, and he is again here. This is his second stint with the school, obviously. But after arriving in 2001, he only won 12 games in the first four years, but the administration thought they had the right guy, and they stuck with him. Finally had the breakout year in 2005 with a winning record at 7-5, and five. And then the magic year in 2006, in which he went 11-2. and two, And he didn't parlay that into another job just yet. In fact, stayed for five more seasons. And in four of those five seasons, won eight or nine games uh, throughout that time. So pretty good run. Then uh, he left, as you all know, to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and was an assistant at Ohio State as well. Came back in 2020. And look. Anybody starting over and coming back to a program in 2020 during COVID, a season that almost didn't happen, all sorts of protocol. You got like 100 kids you're responsible for. It was a tough, tough year. Went three and six, uh, but that's a tough way to start a, start a job for sure. Went five and eight and then four and eight the next two years. Again, now in the Big Ten, not the Big East. And since he's come back to, to Rutgers in the Big Ten, in nine games against the Big Three, and by that, I mean Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. He's 0-9, and he's lost to each of them by an average of 27 points. Except, remember, everybody wants to point out the 2021 game against Michigan where they uh, only lost 20-13, to 13, had him on the ropes in that game. And I, I say that not to be negative. I just say that to show where the team is. you gotta, you got to close that gap if you want to uh, be competitive with the big boys. And so that's, that's kind of the state of the union right now with Rutgers football 
and closing that gap and getting better and improving. So let's start off by looking at this year's football team. We're going to start off with the offense. This offense only cracked uh, 21 points three times last year. That's it. And they got to get more punch to the offense. So let's start off with the quarterback room. Uh, Gavin Wimsett started six games last season, got a big arm, needs to work on his accuracy a little bit. He did throw for 62 touchdowns in high school at Owensboro, Kentucky, where he played high school football. Uh, another quarterback in the quarterback room is junior Evan Simon. He started two games last year, but here's the interesting part. In the Iowa game, went 28 for 49 and threw for 300 yards and a touchdown. People are going, well, wait a minute. Maybe this is our guy. Can he do it consistently? I, 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 can, I think there's going to be a battle between Simon and Winsett for, for quarterback uh, going into the first week of the season. Uh, Johnny Shepard, also they're a very athletic person with a big arm, can run, and some size, 6'3", 230 pounds. So that's a look at the quarterback room for Rutgers going into this season. A lot of question marks going into the season. Wide receiver, they got a senior transfer, Nysayam Brantley, out of Western Illinois and also Sacred Heart between the two colleges. He's started 32 college games. He's got a lot of experience, got 135 catches, averages 16 yards per catch. He's a guy that can make big plays. There's no doubt about it. It's exactly what this Rutgers offense needs. Interesting note by uh, about Greg Schiano, though. He and his staff have been very cautious, in my opinion, about entering the transfer portal and bringing in a lot of guys. I've read a lot of quotes and heard him say, look, we double down on making sure that we're going to get a guy that fits the culture of the locker room. That's just as important as can the guy play football. So they've been kind of slow, I think, in getting a lot of guys out of the transfer portal. But Brantley is one of them. So we'll see how he fits in. I think he's going to be a focus point of this offense this upcoming season. The running back room, Samuel Brown only had one start. I think he's going to be the starting running back this year. Only one start under his belt last year. But he was the team's second leading rusher. And he uh, had that one start against Indiana, and he lit it up. He had 28 carries for 101 yards and a game-winning touchdown. The most carries by a true freshman at Rutgers since 2001. So he is going to get every opportunity to be the guy on, uh, at running back this year for Rutgers. And what's he running behind? What kind of offensive line? Well, Willie Tyler, he went to the transfer portal and he left for Louisville. No doubt about it, that hurts. They certainly could use him this year. But the cupboard is not totally bare on the offensive line for Rutgers. Left tackle Holland Pierce, a mountain of a man, 6'8", 340 pounds, and a smart guy, two-time academic, all Big Ten. And they got some good size inside as well. Uh, center, senior Island Brown, started 11 games last year, played left guard the previous year, so he's versatile. Also another two-time academic, all Big Ten. Smart guy, knows what to do, knows where to be, knows how to call out the plays. So I think the offensive line is going to be pretty good. This is going to be a good grinded-in-the-trenches football team, either with their offensive line. But I want to look at the defense because I think, make no mistake about it, the identity – of this Rutgers football team is going to be its defense this year. Aaron Lewis defensive end might be the best player on the team. And, you know, he originally signed at Michigan. In fact, he enrolled, he was there, he was on campus. He was taking classes and then decided to leave, come back out East and turn out to be the co MVP defensive uh, player uh, um, on the defense last year for this team. It's preseason, all big 10 second team uh, for 2023 as well. Also, on uh, the other defensive end, Wesley Bailey started all 12 games last year, 
team high three and a half sacks. They got to get a lot more sacks, by the way, but he led the team in sacks. They also added, here's another rare transfer, a senior defensive tackle, Isaiah Iton from Ole Miss, and also played at Hutchinson Community College and Northern Colorado. The kids bounced around a lot of places trying to find a home. Maybe Rutgers will be the answer for him. Add a little depth to that defensive line. At linebacker, I think this is the strength of this football team. This is going to be a smash-mouth, grinded defense. Uh, Muhammad Torre missed last year with a torn ACL. Played in 13 games the year before. He's going to come back. That's going to be great. They really they really need him back. Deion Jennings, honorable mention, all Big Ten last season. Preseason, all Big Ten, third team for 2023. And their leading tackler and eight and a half tackles for loss last year. Guy has a great nose for the football. And also Tyreen Powell, of uh, preseason all Big Ten, fourth team this year. And a 2021 academic all Big Ten player, smart guy. So they got three, I think, really good linebackers. Going to be the heart and soul of the Rutgers defense this year. And again, I think this defense could be tough enough to keep Rutgers in some close games. And that's how you get some upsets every once in a while. And that'll help you out at the end. So we'll keep an eye on that uh, on the defense. Secondary looks good too. Uh, Quarterback Max Melton, uh, Max Melton Jr. Started all 12 games last year, led the nation with three block kicks as well on special teams, couple interceptions, 10 pass breakups, Just one of those guys that's all over the ball, just knows where to go. And also the other corner at Robert uh, Longerbeam, two-time academic All-Big Ten, couple of interceptions last year in just six starts. Also, free safety. Desmond Igbenasim, he he could tackle. He made uh, at least five tackles in five different games last year. And uh, also uh, strong safety transfer, Michael Flip Dixon, goes by Flip. Flip Dixon from Minnesota. He's played 30 games in three seasons at Minnesota, so a lot of experience there as well. So that's a thumbnail look at the roster, their strengths and their weaknesses, the question marks, areas they're solid in as they go into this season here in 2023. At this point, I'd like to take a quick peek at 2024 and look at some of the recruits. The ranking services from 24-7 has them ranked as the 32nd best recruiting class right now, Rutgers for 2024. They have 20 commits already signed up. They're led by a a couple of players. Corey Duff Jr., he is a tight end out of New York. He just signed last week, and he goes right to the top of the board, the best recruit they have. So that's going to help out their rankings as well. Uh, Gabriel Winowich, he's just an athlete from Detroit, multi-positional player. He signed in January. And Isaiah Crumpler, wide receiver out of Greenville, North Carolina, he signed in May. So there you have it. There's a look at the future and what's coming down the road for this Rutgers football team, in addition to how things are shaping up for the upcoming season. Now, um, in a moment, we'll take a look at their schedule and how things shake out. I think it could be a favorable schedule in some areas, super tough in other areas. We'll get into all of that as we continue on Locked On Big Ten. But first, we are brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, doesn't matter. That's $200. You can spend betting everything from money line to uh, point spreads, run spreads, uh, also other prop bets, who's going to strike out first, who's going to hit the first home run, all that stuff. Uh, It's all on an app that's safe, secure, 
and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid right away, instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, let's take a close look at the upcoming Rutgers football season uh, on the schedule. I told you I'll always give you an honest assessment of where I think a team will uh, end up. We play the win-loss game. We'll start it off on September 3rd. Yeah, you're right. That's a Sunday. Sunday college football to open up the season. They host Northwestern, and it's at noon. One of three, just three games uh, on national TV, triple header, if you will. For college football, it's that awkward weekend where the NFL preseason is done. They're waiting for the regular season, and college football kind of fills the gaps. And so Rutgers gets a nationally televised uh, audience uh, on uh, at 12 o'clock against Northwestern on that Sunday. That'll be great. They can win that game. They can win. They can start off 1-0. The following week on September 9th, you got a 7.30 night game against Temple at home. They should win that one. However, remember, you're a Rutgers fan. You know this. They only won 16-14 last year, a squeaker. Hopefully this year for Rutgers, not as close of a football game. Then I think a very key game uh, is, is going to tell you and uh, how this team is going to springboard for the rest of their season. Uh, Virginia Tech, 3.30 on the 16th. Let's put an asterisk by that one and come by, uh, back to it in a moment. Because the following week at Michigan, told you at the beginning of the broadcast how Rutgers is done against the Michigans and the Ohio States and Penn States. A lot of you remember, as I do, 2021, they went to the big house and uh, gave them fits. In fact, uh, Michigan barely won 20 to 13, although Michigan won by 35 last year. Look, I'm going to be honest. I think Michigan wins this football game. I think Michigan is uh, playing at a whole other level, got a whole another set of uh, talent on that football team this year. Then the next game, Rutgers comes home on the 30th to take on Wagner. They should win that game. And um, looking pretty good at that point. Before they hit the road and take on a tough Wisconsin team. I think that's going to be a tough game for Rutgers, to be honest. I really do. Then they come home against Michigan State for a 12, uh, 12 o'clock game on October 14th, followed by a road game at Bloomington against Indiana, a 12 o'clock game on the 21st. The reason I mentioned these two games together, these are like teeter-totter games. Season can go either way at this point. And these are two teams – um, that played close games with Rutgers last year. In fact, Rutgers lost to Michigan State 27-21 last year, but they beat Indiana 24-7. So one-score games. And again, these two games, maybe they split them, but if they can go 2-0, and then I think you can see, at least in the one-loss record, some, some big-time improvement from the year before. So keep that in mind. And that goes into the bye week, which gets them ready for the Ohio State game. It's at Rutgers this year. You all know Ohio State is loaded. You all know Greg Schiato wants to win that game because he used to be an assistant at Ohio State and knows every one of those coaches on that staff, and he wants to beat them. I just don't know if they have the manpower to do it. I, I really don't. Maybe maybe one of those games where Rutgers is close in the first half. I, I think that's, that's how I see that one shaping up. And if Ohio State's not tough enough coming off the bye, then two road games at Iowa and at Penn State. Now, they lost to Iowa by 17 points last year. I think Iowa's going to be a little bit better this year as well. And at Penn State, is going to be tough as nails. No doubt about it. And uh, then closing it out, 
against Maryland. You would think maybe that could be a winnable game, but they lost to Maryland last year, 37 zip. I don't know if it was the end of the season. Everybody wanted to go home for the holidays. I don't know. 37 to nothing. It was just a tough, tough day. But if you, if you add it all up and look at it realistically, um, I think worst case scenario, four and eight. Now, these games that we go back to and put an asterisk by, these are these are winnable games. These are games that they can win. I think six and six is a real possibility. Maybe if things go well, they get all these games like Michigan State and Indiana, and then they can find a way to win uh, against Maryland to close out the season. Maybe, maybe a seven and five. Maybe a seven and five. But I think that six and six is the sweet spot, and it's improvement from last year. It's going in the right direction for Greg Schiano. That's my assessment of the season. If you agree or disagree with me, I would love to hear from you, by the way. You can hit me uh, on Twitter at TalkBig10. And you could also, if you're watching on YouTube, there's the comments section. Would uh, welcome your input on all of that. Uh, thank you, by the way, for making Lockdown Big Ten your first listen each and every day. Every day is out there. Our next show, we'll take an early look at the Maryland Terps football program. So be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Share, follow, and like Locked On Big Ten. I would personally appreciate it. Uh, coming up next, our weekly feature, the Big Ten Network's Big Ten Classics. All right. We like to have some fun in this last segment. We have fun in all of our segments, actually, but I'm glad you're with us here today. Uh, we're going to take a look, uh, like we do on Thursdays, the Big Ten Network's Big Ten Classics, everything they have on over the weekend and by the way if you are just listening on the podcast we always put these up on graphic full screen uh with our uh, our visual component the video component on youtube I invite you to check that out as well but i'll uh, kind of draw this out and mention everything that's going on let's take a look coming up on friday july 7th these are all eastern times by the way they started out with a 2016 michigan at ohio state football game this is the one where curtis samuel uh, had the 15-yard run in double overtime, and Ohio State won 30-27. to 27. Then they follow that up uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. with their rival show, and it's all about the Ohio State-Michigan game. So if you are all into this rivalry, check it out. It's two solid hours of it. Fantastic programming. Followed by, at 8 o'clock Eastern, the 2021 Ohio State-Michigan game. Michigan won that one. Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks. Hassan Haskins scores five touchdowns in that game. And then at nine o'clock, a feature on the game, the game, Michigan, Ohio state, 2006. Some people say it was the game of the century. Both teams were undefeated going into that game for the first time in the series history. Ohio state was ranked number one in the country. Michigan was ranked number two in the country. Unbelievable. Bo Schembechler dies the night before the game. If you remember that at the age of 77, and Ohio State wins in a shootout, 42-39. to 39. 81 points, so much for three yards and a cloud of dust, like they used to say back in the day. So that's just Friday. On Saturday, July 8th, we, uh, we go into the most played rivalry in FBS history for the Paul Bunyan Axe. I'm talking Wisconsin, Minnesota. At 5 p.m. Eastern, they got the 2.30 battle between those two. Minnesota wins on a last-second walk-off 35-yard field goal. And then at 11 p.m. Eastern, they play the 2020 game where Wisconsin won on a 30-yard field goal. 
in overtime for the win. And then Sunday, July 9th, all day long, check your local listings. It's all Indiana and Purdue. I mean, it's baseball, it's basketball, it's the, all the football battles for the old Oaken Bucket. It is all right there. So uh, check your local listings for what game and what sport on Sunday, July 9th, if you're looking for something to watch. So that's a look at our Big Ten Network, Big Ten Classics. We like to do that once a week and check it out. So uh, again, uh, that was a lot of fun. I can't believe our time's up already. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Big Ten your first listen every day. Every day is our next show. We'll take an early look at the Maryland Terps football program. In the meantime, we're inviting as many of you as possible into our club, kind of the Cool Kids Club, our Big Ten Club, if you will. Many ways to interact with me on Twitter, at TalkBigTen. And also, um, if you subscribe and are on YouTube, uh, there are, there's a comment section there as well. Uh, follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Lockdown Big Ten as soon as it is available each and every day. Now, Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast for the latest on everything going on in sports. In the meantime, hope you have a wonderful day or evening, depending on when you are consuming this. We will see you next time. I'm Craig Scheman for Locked On Big Ten.